your head, this is Nasty Neil, and I'm joined by actor, martial artist, and director, Sam Medina. So it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, pleasure to be here, buddy. Um, just excuse me, because I have a retainer in for some dental work, so uh, I hope I can speak clearly for you guys. All right, that's very cool. Uh, how did that come about? Did you, uh, was it, uh, did you get punched or anything? Or is it something uh, uh, more boring? Yes, yes. Slightly uh, punched. So uh, I have to get some work done. You know, sometimes, um, you know, accidents happen when you are mm-hmm. training. And so, uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. I didn't move quick enough. And um, I got a little, I got a little, I got a little singer. All right. <laughs> does does that happen often? Yes, yes, it does. It happens uh, uh, more often than you think. When you see everything that's perfect on camera, but you don't see the outtake of when, when, when accidents happen. So it, it happens, but, you know, it's all for the good. It's all for the fans. It's all for the film, so it's fine. You know, no one really complains about it. It just it happens, you know, accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. So which, which came first, uh, you doing the martial arts or uh, wanting to be an actor? Actually, martial art was the way of life first because, you know, growing up in Vietnam, that's what you did first uh, after school. There was no sports. There's no, um, um, you know, after school program. You go to school and you go to Kung Fu school. And that's it. And so martial artists was first and, and foremost, which really gave me a great um, foundation for being disciplined. In, in what we do. And I find that, you know, in life, uh, um, you know, if you have a, a self-discipline, uh, you can strive a little bit further because of being disciplined and, and, and continue on the path, even when it's as, uh, at the hardest. And I think that that really gave me a really great, you know, foundation as a, as a youth and, and, and until now to, to, of course, mm-hmm. you know, pursue this crazy, uh, Hollywood career. <laughs> yeah. So how, how did that happen? How did you go up from growing up in Vietnam uh, to being an actor in, in the United States? Well, um, we came, I came here um, to New Orleans uh, when I was a teenager and, you know, just went to school, regular job, did everything like, you know, everybody else. And uh, I was a musician. I was a producer for rap music and, and R&B music. But Katrina happened um, after the storm. Um, we didn't have any jobs. So, you know, if you were watching the news, uh, you probably saw me and a whole bunch of other Hispanic guys outside of Home Depot's and Lowe's. Uh, we were doing construction. And then, you know, we didn't have any other job. And so construction kind of like led into doing the film and TV show because that's the only thing that they had in, in New Orleans at the time was, was uh, the film industry. And so that, that's how the film industry kind of became for me. Uh, uh, you know, 13 years ago, started from the yeah. bottom, just like your your Matt Damon, your Ben Affleck, you know, being an extra, you know, you get paid little to nothing. Sometimes you don't get food, but that was the way how you, you get in. And if you want to improve, you have to go and get get training and, and, and continue on the path. You know, so that's mm-hmm. how that's how it started for me. Mm-hmm. You know. How you know when you start out saying you're like an extra and maybe you're kind of like a, the muscle guy in a movie and stuff? Uh, when did you start to get act, uh, act like uh, uh, speaking roles? Uh, speaking roles started in 2007, so maybe about 
a year after I started doing background. I didn't really like it, but I didn't complain about what I didn't like. What I did was I went and did something about it. I think that if you choose to be in the film industry, you have to get training and you have to better yourself so people can trust you to know how to act. And so a year later, I, uh, I booked my first uh, TV gig, which was uh, Prison Break. Uh, that was uh, season three uh, Prison Break. So that was my first. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I know just recently you did Mile 22, you know, uh, a huge movie with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, how did you get involved in that? And you have a, you know, a big role in that as, uh, as the villain. Yes, yes. Well, um, it was it was funny because um, um, I was on hold for Peppermint, which is a movie coming out next week with uh, yeah. with SCX, and then and then they asked me to maybe possibly look at this for Mile Twenty Two. So it went neck to neck. But then at the end, uh, I think with my representation, and everything, and Peter Berg and Mark Wahlberg, it kind of persuaded us to do Mile Twenty Two, which was great. I mean, it's, it was an amazing experience. And, 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 and uh, you know, working with Peter Berg, working with, uh, you know, Mark Wahlberg, the whole cast, it was just the best feeling that, that I've had, man, up to date, you know, for my career. So it was a, a fantastic ride. I, I hope you guys get a chance to go see it and, and, and you know, uh, enjoy the movie because it's all action-packed for like 97 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm from Massachusetts, so Mark Wahlberg is very big here, you know, in Boston. Ah, so, so, so. He's in Boston right now, so where's my car? Okay, so he's up there doing a movie called Wonderland. Uh-huh. And have, you ever been to Wahlberg? have you ever been to Wahlburgers? Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. I eat about five burgers of his <laughs> at once. <laughs> I, I, even make, I even make a little commercial for him, you know, on Instagram, on social media. I say, Mark. Your burgers are great, but you know, you and I, we work out. We need like a pound <laughs> burger, you know, not not right. a half a pound, not a three quarter pound, but a whole pound burger. So it's funny, man. <laughs> but no, the burgers are amazing at Wall Burgers. I mean, yeah. it, it's great, and it, and the yeah. TV show is great. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. So uh, when you're playing a villain, uh, what's the difference between playing a villain and playing a, a hero? Well. You know, every I believe in my in my opinion, a villain was at once wanted to be the hero, but I think it didn't pay off for him too well. So he kind of changed his mind, and and, and and you know he became the villain. And so I, I think that with the villain, you have more more room to play with because you can't go wrong. You can always justify why you do what you do because you have an objective. It's your point of view. Versus the antagonist and, and uh, versus the, the protagonist, you know, point of view. So I love playing the villain. I love playing the bad guys because you, you don't have boundaries. You know what I mean? Like you can just mm-hmm. do whatever you want. So I think that a lot of people, you know, of course, mm-hmm. they root for the hero. Uh, do you think uh, for a good villain, the, the villain has to, in his mind, uh, he's doing what he thinks is right? Of course. Of course, because if you don't. If, you, if, if a villain doesn't believe in what he's doing and what he's saying, and he doesn't believe in his own convictions, you and I as an audience, we wouldn't believe him. We wouldn't believe his journey. We wouldn't believe what he's doing, why he's doing what he's doing. So, so he has to believe it first. That's the first person. And then, and then we, we believe in him. I mean, you know, you take Heath Ledger, you know, with the Joker. You believe him. You know, mm-hmm. you, you root for him, even though you know he's a bad guy. 
So I think that that's kind of like um, a little struggle for the audience. You know, you love the bad guy, but you want the good guy to win. But all in all, you know, as long as you give the, the, the audience an entertainment, you know, situation, I think that you come out on top winning. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I think over the last 10 years or so, too, we've seen really a rise in uh, the anti-hero in movies where, you know, it's not just like a goody-goody hero. It's uh, come more shades of gray and who, who people root for and uh, get behind. And I, I believe you're absolutely correct, brother, because, you know, life is a lot of gray area. It's not always the, the good people don't always finish and, and unfortunate that's how life is but you you continue your journey and you know speaking of that that's one of the reasons why i love being a part of the new movie with tom hardy he's an anti-superhero you know i'm i'm in the movie with tom hardy for venom and so i think yeah. that that's that's what the studios are going going after a lot now is that something different you know because because like you said it's not always black and white there's a lot of gray area and sometimes things just happen you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and so I think that that's the era that we live in, which is great. You know, you need changes. You know, you can't always like keep on doing the same thing. So I think that, uh, you know, it's good for the audience. It's good for for the industry uh, overall, you know, the, for the arts. Yeah, definitely. Uh, mm-hmm. Real quick, before going to Venom, I didn't want to. Uh, Ronda Rousey was also in uh, Mile 22. And uh, what was she like to work with? And currently she's really kicking oh, ass in, uh, in WWE. Oh, man, you know, she, a lot of people sometimes when they don't know her, you know, they kind of like you know, meet her and they don't know what to expect. But I'll tell you, man, she's an, an awesome human being. Uh, very amazing, uh, down to earth, uh, one to learn the craft of acting. Uh, she, you know, want to train. She listened to, to Peter Burke, you know, on what he, she needed to do. So it's overall, it's good. It was the whole thing was very, very, very interesting for her. Uh, uh, to transition to doing acting and also WWE. And, and so, believe me, Rhonda is one of the most down-to-earth person that you're ever going to meet as a, as a superstar. So, you know, it, you know, spending almost four months with her uh, was fantastic. We got to talking a lot, uh, you know, got to know each other, got to know her husband, she got to know my wife. So it was, it was great. You know, sometimes you don't have a lot of time with, with actors, so you don't really know a little bit about them, but we spent a lot of time together with me, her, Lauren Cohen, Eco Waste, Mark Wahlberg. It was it was fantastic, and, and believe me, man, when you meet her and you talk to her, um, she's just a normal, you know, down earth, almost like a country girl, and she just happened to be a superstar, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's that's Ronda Rousey. Yeah, now you work you work with another uh, wrestler uh, in twelve rounds, John Cena. Uh, what are your thoughts on professional wrestling? I think professional wrestling is great, man. I, I think that um, I used to grow up when I first came to this country. I love watching wrestling. I, I used to watch uh, uh, Kabuki, uh, Jake the Snake, the Von Erich brothers. I mean, you name it, man. I think they're great athletes. Um, you know, sometimes things kind of happen in the industry and it gets kind of weird. But for the overall, I mean, they're great. I worked with John Cena. I've worked with Dwayne Johnson twice. Um, uh, the Big Show, <laughs> seven foot, about 500 pounds. I worked with uh, Triple H. Uh, they all, you know, they're good people, man. Uh, overall, I think that um, they're human like us. It's just sometimes people maybe expect that, you know, when they're superstars, 
they 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 can't make a mistake or they can't have a bad day, you know. And then and so they get a bad rap. But but other than that, everybody that I've come across in my last thirteen years, man, they've been great. And I don't have to kiss their butt to say it because it doesn't uh-huh. gain me anything. But my personal experience with all of them ha- has been nothing but but tremendously you know amazing for me, man. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like I said, uh, I, 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 uh, you know, that's including like somebody like I work with Tom Cruise. You know, everybody mm-hmm. told me, you know, hey, you know, you shouldn't look at Tom Cruise in his eyes. Don't talk to him. You know, you know, don't look at him. That's not the experience uh-huh. I had on set with with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. You see, so so I mean, like for my for my opinion and my own personal uh, uh, experience, I mean, everybody that I've come across, they're very professional. That they love their work and they do what they're supposed to do. But a lot of times for superstars, they have a lot of millions riding on their back. So they have a lot of pressure and anxiety. So I respect their time and their personal space. And that's mm-hmm. what to me, sometimes that could be a misunderstanding, you know, yeah. is that when they need their personal space, you know. But other than that, man, I mean, they, they're great. I mean, shit. I, I got beat up and punched by the best of them. Neil, <laughs> and believe me, and believe me, it was it was uh, nasty. Like your like your first step, like nasty deal. It was right, nasty, right. bro. <laughs> uh, do, do you do you have a, do you have a, what was the worst injury while you've been in movies? Um, I got beat up by Kimball Slice for eleven hours. <laughs> okay, and he didn't know how to he didn't know how to how to how to do stunt fight. Rest in peace, right. my brother Kimball. He's, He's up in heaven now, but um, but that was the worst day of my life. I didn't know how I didn't know how I survived. I was nearly overheat exhaustion in the middle of the shoot. They laid a mattress down for me, and I had to rest. And I ate pizza laying down, and then we went back to fighting again. Yeah, um, yeah. so that was the worst. Yeah, that was that was really the worst. So um, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and it's not always a fun day. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what was Kimbo? Like, what was Kimbo like? Did he just was he apologetic? Because he, you know, just did not. Oh no, no, the, he's a uh, very <laughs> no man. He's very apologetic, man. You know, a lot of people they mis- they misunderstand people like Kimbo. You know, they grew up. I grew up like Kimbo. Hey, you have nothing. You know, all you can do is just use the little skill you have to feed your family, and that's Kimbo, man. Like the you know, don't uh, look past the beard, look past the gold teeth. Look past this scary look if you walk past a man like that in the, in the alley. But you look at his heart, you know, and then you'll tell the difference, man. Same way with me. You know, when I walk around, people see the muscles and the tattoos and the hair. They think of me the same way. And, 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 but when you have a conversation with me, I'm not the person that you perceive to be. So the perception could be, could be very, very opposite of what the truth actually is. And he's, he's an awesome dude, man. Like, he didn't mean it, but we didn't have time. You know, uh, we learned, we, we, you know, we learned uh, the choreograph that morning and we start shooting. Most of the time when you do fight, you have like a three months to practice. This one we didn't. And so we did what we had to do. Uh, he was, you know, awesome with, you know what I mean? Like he didn't mean it, but it still hurt. <laughs> I mean, it's Kimball Slice, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, right. all that is, 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 is good, man. Like, um, Everyone that I came across, I, I think that uh, I've never had a negative experience because I think that we we all respect each other's craft and what we what we bring to the table, 
And I think that, you know, other people who have beef is because at some point somebody had a, a bigger ego or, 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 or just more, more or less respect for the other person that, that, you, that you're working with. You know, we all have to respect each other. Just like I respect your time and you respect mine, no matter what the profession are. And I think that if we can, we can respect each other, then everything else is going to be fine. And I think that it's, it's just fuck with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, did you ever think of pursuing uh, MMA, UFC? fighting oh no 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 you know why you no. don't get enough money you don't you don't get That's paid true. That's true. Mm-hmm. because because i used to be a trainer a personal trainer so i um i used to train local fighters and regional fighters with strength and conditioning and you know those athletes they're great man and they really have a great heart but they have to work full-time Okay, and then they got to go home and they have to train and try to fight. And a lot of those fights, you only get three, four hundred bucks about. And that doesn't even cover your gym. It doesn't cover your coach. Mm -hmm. And so so it's not you only see maybe five percent of the people on TV who actually make money with fighting. You see, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. what I did was I used the same fighting skills for movie and TV shows because I'm guaranteed a rate when I walk in, you see? And I'm guaranteed residual when people watch the TV show or, you know, the, 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 the movie. So it's a little mm-hmm. bit different. So that's why I don't go into the real ring. You know, I don't have an ego. I don't need to prove like, you know, oh, I'm such a tough guy. You know what I mean? Right. So I just, yeah. I do it, I do it for fun. You know, and then that's my, that's my take on it. You know what I mean? Like, I have no problem with someone else who wants to pursue, you know, that dream if they, if they mm-hmm. want to. But it is a, it's a very, it's a very, it's a whole, way harder, you know, dream than even becoming an actor. Uh, how, how did it come? How did you get involved in Venom? Uh, you know, that's a really uh, big movie, big uh, comic book. Well, my agent called me and it was, um, it was nine o'clock at night. And. You know, she said, hey, you know, they want you to audition. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of um, not a lot of, you know, it's in smaller roles that what you normally take. What do you think? Well, I looked at the size and I looked at the name. And at the time, the name was Antidote, which I, I knew it was the Antidote for Venom. And I saw Eddie Brock, so I knew it was with Tom Hardy, which is one of my, one of my favorite actors. So yeah, I told my agent, no, great. I'll take it. <laughs> and so I, I sent in a tape. Uh, they, 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 they sent it to me at 9, about 9 p.m. Uh, 12 o'clock the next morning, once they got the tape, um, they said I got the job. So I was, you know, extremely happy. Uh, but it, it said I needed some heavy stunt experience. So, you know, we got, you know, I had to, you know, I know how to do a lot of the, the stunt, quote, unquote, gags. And so that's how I got the job and, you know, went on set and met with Tom and, uh, you know, it became an amazing experience with Tom Hardy, with uh, Ruben Fleischer, the director, you know, Tommy, the, the, the producer, and then the whole, you know, Sony Picture Studio. So it was great, man. It's, it was, believe me, Tom Hardy is the man. I'm going to tell you that. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> uh-huh. superstar, A-lister, 
um, one of the best A-lists that I've worked with. And then also, he's a very, very generous actor. You know, he's very given, very respectful, man. And, and I was happy to work with one of my heroes that, that mm -hmm. I watch all his films. So he signed all my DVDs that I have with him. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Oh. That's pretty <laughs> you awesome, <know>. yeah. <laughs> yeah well, what, what was your favorite Tom Hardy movie before Venom? I'm going to tell you this, and I don't even know if your listener would even know it. He has a lot of blockbuster hits. But the movie I love him the most in, a lot of you haven't heard of it. It's called Bronson. Oh, yeah. I know the movie, yeah. Yes. And when, mm -hmm. I, when I mentioned that to him, it touches his heart in a very special way because he wasn't an A-lister yet. Mm -hmm. You know, that's when he, you know, he told me, this is quote unquote from Tom Hardy, man. That, that movie was special because me and my team were trying to prove to Hollywood and the world what I could do. I mean, I still love what I do now, but that's like, that's when we were hungry. And those are the words straight up of, of Tom Hardy when I asked him about Bronson. You know, not all the other famous movies, but he signed all my other DVDs, you know what I mean? Like Lawless, um, Inception, you know, Batman, you know, you, you name it, you know, Warriors. He signed all my DVDs. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I really like him in uh, his uh, recurring role in uh, Peaky Blinders, too. I think that's a, that's a great show. I don't know if you're familiar with Peaky Blinders, but uh, yes, that's an awesome yes, TV I am. show. Yes, I am. It's yeah. just like if you look at him, like, like in Legend, you know what I mean? Like if you just look at his work, dude, he's, he's you know, fantastic, man. He chews a lot of different things. He doesn't always have to be like, you know, the guy who get the girl at the end of the day. I love this, his personality, what he brings to the world. That's why, you know, Venom works so well because it's a, a lot of it is, is him. You know I mean? If he's anti, you know, the leading man who gets the girl at the end of the day all the time. And I think that's why, you know, they already look at, he signed up for three more movies, two more movies with Venom. So there's oh, wow. only three movies with Venom, you know what I mean? Because it fits his personality so well. So yeah, it's yeah. great, man. It's it's one of really the best experience. But I wasn't expecting anything out of it besides, you know, hey, I'm in your movie. I have a couple mm -hmm. of things with my favorite actors, and and I'm really, you know, happy with that. But one morning, I woke up about a month ago, and my phone and email hasn't stopped because I made the trailer of Venom, and although my role is a lot bigger on Bow 22. Most people are knowing me now for the guy who get his head bit off by Tom Hardy Venom. Uh -huh. They have, they have so many, they have, dude, they have, so, Neil, they have so many memes. They take my scene yeah. with Venom and they uh -huh. made it into a Lego movie. They have a Lego movie of me. Okay. Of That's the same wild. scene. Yeah. They have, they have the, they have the Samuel Jackson. From Pulp Fiction uh -huh. in that scene. Uh, uh -huh. They have a family guy. They have uh, Chris Tucker. I mean, they've just, it, that thing took a life of its own to a whole different level that I could, me and my, my, my representation, we could have never imagined. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it was just one of those things that it just went viral in the craziest <laughs> way. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be pretty that's gonna be pretty awesome to see your head being bit off all over the internet. I think <laughs> you know it, it already has. It's like it's like millions and millions and millions of it. If you if you YouTube like um you know a uh, uh, Venom trailer number three, you see it. And if you go to social media, 
you'll see all the different versions of that scene with me and, and, and Venom, but other people's dialogue, other, other movie dialogue. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, were you familiar with the Venom character from the comic books before, uh, before the movie? I, I wasn't really, honestly, because he's not, you know, one of those, uh, you know, favorite ones with people. Yeah, so I, I you know, I went and I did, some re- I did some research on it, and it was really interesting. I think that from that, because the, 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 the needing for anti-superhero is coming, I think they might be doing Carnage after this, mm-hmm. which is the other symbiote, uh, uh, the red one. Mm-hmm. So that's going to that's gonna be, be great, too. But, yeah, so, you know, it's, you know, it's just... Man, it was just such an experience, man. Sometimes I ask people to just to pinch me, you know, because sometimes it's so <laughs> surreal to me. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it's so surreal. Sometimes I'm like, can you pinch me? Because sometimes <laughs> it's just, you, you just, it, it's, it feels like you're still dreaming. Uh-huh. You know? That's pretty and, nice. and that's how I feel, brother. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what's it like to work in a movie with a lot of, like, uh, effects at the end and afterwards? A lot of the, the CG. <laughs> oh, it's... <laughs> Um, you you better know your craft. You better know your your. You better have your acting chops lined up, and that's the thing that I think that with me auditioning auditioning versus I'm sure thousands of other people, I got it because um, you know my character. I, I I go in and I rob the convenience store lady, for for you know for protection money. You know, anybody could do that. Uh, you know, anybody who has muscle and tattoos, you know, can rob an old lady. But the thing is, when you turn around and you see Venom, you have to be, you know, the worst and the most vulnerable and the most scary little, you know, little cat. And I think mm-hmm. that that's make the difference because, you know, you're not looking at a monster when you auditioning or when you actually doing the movie. Uh, I was looking at my friend here. His name is Akil. And he was, he's seven foot, but they still have to put another, like, like, like a foot, um, a, a little pole on top of his head. He was in, um, uh-huh. he was in a little, a little, a little, you know, mocap suit. And so uh-huh. I'm looking at a, 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 a ball. I'm looking at a, a small <laughs> little silver ball on top of his head. And you have uh-huh. to imagine that that's venom. So, so you really have to really tap into something that brings the authenticity of your character versus the person you're across of. And if you don't have it, the audience will know. So I think that that's how I was able to win over a lot of other, you know, you know, uh, actors who, who audition is because of, of uh, you know, having, you know, studied for a long time with a lot of really amazing coaches in, in my lifetime to be able to do that. And, and so now I'm going to tell you why this is one of the reasons why Tom Hardy is so amazing. He didn't have to be there, but what he did was he went and you, you saw the whole three monologues he had. He recorded his monologue and he emulated the voice of, 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 of Venom and he let the director play it over the loudspeaker for me to react to. Oh, wow. You see? Mm-hmm. That's why I said he's such an amazing actor, given generous, but also human being. Because to be honest mm-hmm. with you, he didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to do that at all, but he did. So, which was a very surreal thing for me as I'm acting, I'm hearing, you know, Tom Hardy 
you know, saying these lines, I'm looking at a silver ball on top of my friend's head. I have to pretend to be the most scariest wannabe thug in my life. But then I'm listening to, to, to Tom Hardy, but then he sounds like Bane from Batman, dude. So it was a really uh-huh. weird mixed up emotion at the time when I was filming it. It was, it was odd. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> you know, so when, when you know, did, it was different. Yeah, definitely. When did you actually see Venom? Because uh, do you not see him while you're filming the movie at all? What he's supposed to look like? Hell no, I never see him. I see a ball. I see a silver <laughs> right. ball. That's all I see is the silver uh, ball. That's it. I don't see Venom. <laughs> and that's why, like, you know, you have to, you have to really have some good acting chops because you have to use your imagination because you don't actually see what the CGI is going to look like at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so, so yeah. you have to, you know, you have that, you have to have your stuff together, you know? So what's that like for you then when you do see the scene all together because you were there filming, it's a silver bowl on top of your friend's head, and then you see it all put together, and it's, uh, you know, Venom, and he's biting your head off, and all that stuff. So when you see the finished product, what goes through your mind? Holy moly shit. <laughs> That's what I, I woke up at 7 a.m., and my phone was just ringing, and, and I, I saw the trailer. I, I was, I, I had tears in my eyes, man. I'm like, holy wow. It, it was just, you know, I, I just, I was speechless, you know what I mean? Because how it all came about and, you know, to be able to, to have an opportunity to work with, you know, a, a Marvel movie, Sony Pictures. It was just, you know, a surreal thing for me, man. And then and, and to see it all come together. And, 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 you know, I did ADR for it a couple of weeks ago. I went into uh, Sony Pictures to do ADR. So the director and producer and everybody, they show me, you know, all the scenes. So it was, it was even, I, I was, I was, kind of like, you know, holy shit, and again in my pants again, because I saw this stuff again, but a little bit more than what you guys saw. So it was, it, you know, it's the, the journey, you know, as an actor, is, is a lot of times it's, it's, it's not always good, but at times when you do have these moments, man, it's like, you treasure it for, for, for life, and you keep it with you for life, because you work so, so hard to get to this point, you know, a lot of people have worked hard, but when you get a little bit of this, you always want to remember. And then for me, you know, it was just crazy, man, to see Venom, you know, to see the scene, you know, everything. And it was funny because it showed a a funny side of Eddie Brock slash Venom, you know, because after he Mm -hmm. bit my head off, you know, uh, he just walking out, he's just telling the Asian lady that I robbed, oh yeah, Miss Chen, you know, I, I, I got some parasite in my stomach. And it was just like, a lot of people don't realize how, how, you know, how funny, uh, you know, and great comedic comment that Tom Hardy had, you know, so they show mm-hmm. that part a lot with him being funny. So it was great. It was, you know, it's just, man, I, I, I'm, I'm living a dream, but I, I surely worked extremely hard for it, Neil, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. It's good to see that you enjoy it still. That's cool. No, no, I'm saying you gotta, you gotta love it. You know what I'm saying, brother? Yeah. Codename the dragon. Uh, is this your first feature that you've directed? Yes, it will be, of course. Yep. It will be action-packed, martial arts, um, old classic revenge story, um, you know, a, a different version of, let's say, you know, the Punisher, but with martial arts and, and fighting and with, you know, tactical training, survival skills, all of that put together. Mm-hmm. And I, I also play the lead bad guy. I play Kuzo. 
uh, the antagonist. Mm-hmm. So what's that? Yeah. What's that? Well, so you haven't done it yet, but what's that going to be like? You think to, to uh, not only direct it, but also be acting in it. Uh, I, I, it's, it's going to be challenging, but I'm up for the task. Um, you know, I, like when I, when I, you know, act, I know what the camera size is. I work with the camera guys. I work with a cinematographer and I've learned a lot the last, you know, 30 years of you know, what to do in front of the camera and behind the camera. So, um, it's going to be, it's going to be hectic, but it, uh, it's not going to be, you know, an easy task, but I am up for the challenge and I, you know, I can accomplish it. You know, just like Ben Affleck, he does a lot of his own and he directs. And that's where, you know, that's who I am with that, uh, heading on that path. Also directing as well, because I love also having my own, you know, POV, my own point of view on how I want to tell a story. So it's going to be, it's going to be an inter- in- interesting ride on, on, on that film uh, because, you know, there's going to be a story behind it. You know, I, I find that a lot of times, uh, action or martial arts films, they lack the story. So people just kind of like fast forward to the fight. You know, you have to mm-hmm. earn the fight. You know, a punch is a punch, a kick is a kick, an elbow is an elbow. But you as an audience, you got to know why we're fighting. You got to know why we're trying to kill each other. And if I give you the reason why, if I justify the reason why we're fighting, we're killing each other, you're going to believe in it and you're going to believe in me, believe the fact that you're going to be okay with me taking you on this journey. And that's Mm -hmm. the way I want to tell my story when I... And I think uh, the, when you're invested in the characters, you, you're going to care a lot more uh, about the fighting scenes. Yes. If you care about the character, you set up the character, then you care about, a lot about more why, you know, who dies, why who lives. And, and you're more vested into the, the story and the characters in itself. You know, I mean, there's a lot of shoot em up movie, you know, a lot of gun battle, a lot of explosion, a lot of kicks, a lot of kills. You know, but then why do you do it? You know, and I think that in life, if you can justify and ask yourself, why are you doing what you're doing? And if you believe that the reason why you're doing it is important to you, and then the rest of it is really, really simple. And it's, it's a lot easier once you understand why. Mm-hmm. So you've worked with, uh, you know, a lot of great directors. So did you, when, when you're acting on, watching them direct, did you pick up things while watching them? Every single millisecond of the set, I don't sit in my trailer. I watch them like a hawk. I learn how they deal with the A-listers because they have so many, you know, personalities they have to deal with. I watch how they block things out with actors. I watch how they readjust their actors, how they communicate the actors to get what they want out of the actors. I mean, all of that. And I've been able to, to really be blessed and a little lucky, man, you know, to, to, have, to have learned from some of the greatest, you know, filmmakers in, 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 in this lifetime. So, and that's why that kind of set me up for the next stage of me directing is because I love the way they tell, you know, their story. But I've learned all the things from so many of those masters that I also have my point of view that I want to tell too. But with a lot of the influences and my own, you know, we all are influenced by someone at some point, but we have to also have our own, you know, point of view as well. So it's it set up a really nice, easier transition for me to become a director as well because of what they've done for me. You know? Yeah. So would you pick any certain people that were most influential to you uh, as far as directing? 
Man, um, you know, the, the, the six that I've, that I've worked with, uh, uh, you know, you're talking about your Oliver Stone, your, um, you know, Antoine Fuqua, your um, Robert Rodriguez, your, um, Ed, Ed Wizwick is actually who directed uh, 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 The Last Samurai. I worked with him on, uh, on Jack Reacher too. Um, uh, you're talking about Martin Campbell, which is the director of Casino Royale. And of course, you know, my last one, which is Peter Berg. You know, I mean, just an amazing, amazing director as well. So, but I have a new list. I have a new list of um, of um, directors that, that's so funny that you asked me that because this morning I posted on my Instagram of like, who are the next director I want to work with? So let me name them for you, okay? So okay. these are the next directors I would love to work with and be influenced by them. Ron Howard. Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, Brian De Palma, George Lucas, Robert Zemeckis, and Francis Ford Coppola. Mm-hmm. Now tell me if that list is not amazingly holy crap. I, I, I'm crapping in, you know, in my mind just to think of <laughs> when that day is going to come to add more of these directors on, on under my belt, brother. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm like I'm like a kid, man. Like you know, I'm like a kid in a candy store. You know, I was always loving film and TV show. So I was such a big fan before becoming an actor. So you know, when I work with these directors, you know, it's like a kid in the candy store, and we're just you know we're playing in the biggest park in the world with, with all the money we can we can you know spend and do with you know. So you know, life is just you know it's work. We average 14 to 16 hours a day on set, but you don't think of it because when you're having fun, it just go by really quick. But that's normally our average day is 14, 16 hours on set, you know, before mm-hmm. you guys, the audience can, you know, interview us, find out about the movie, find out what's going on. You know, we put in a lot of work for like three or four months, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so what were some of the... What were some of the movies that uh, that made you want to uh, pursue acting? You know, you grew up watching movies and TV shows. Oh wow, <laughs> that that list would probably include maybe like a hundred plus. But <laughs> you know, some of the movies like you know, like when I watched, um, you know, Heat with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. You know, uh, uh, all the great movies. I love a lot of. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's movies, um, you know, the Lethal Weapon series. I mean, you just, the movies to me back in the 80s and the 90s uh, were, were magical. The, the, that was the time when a lot of movies were made because it was tastefully and it was the art. Now, you know, half of the movies are good. Half the movies is more about, you know, marketing and, you know, what, what kind of money they can make. You know, but, but, you know, so many movie influenced me. Like even, okay, I watched Training Day with Antoine Fuqua and Denzel Washington, man, in 2001. And so by, ta- by the time, 12 years later, I worked with him. I was with him for nine weeks on Olympus Has Fallen. That was like another goal, another dream that came true. I'm like, I watched this guy, you know, massive work. And then I get to spend all this time with him, you know. And then each one of them was the same story for me, you know. You watch Natural Born Killers, and then I get to be on set with, with Oliver Stone on, on Savages. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's, it's, 
it's crazy. You know, I watched, you know, Desperado, you know, with, with you know, El Mariachi with, with Robert Rodriguez. And then I'm on set with him for my check day kills, uh, from dust to dawn TV show. And, uh, I have, you know, not to forget to mention, I have a new movie coming out with, uh, Robert Rodriguez uh, and James Cameron produced it. It's called Alita Battle Angel. That comes out uh, in, in December. Oh, wow. That's huge. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, did you and Robert Rodriguez kind of hit it off since uh, you've, you've worked with them uh, several times? Yes. Um, it took me about six and a half years to actually get, finally get to work with Robert. Um, I drove numerous times thousands of miles to Austin, Texas. He's normally, he has a house in San Antonio, but his troublemaker studios uh, is, in, is in Austin. And I auditioned numerous times until, you know, it finally broke through. And I, I started my journey with him, with uh, Machete Kills, where they needed someone across Danny Trejo to intimidate Danny Trejo. And at the time I, I had young, I, I, I had uh, longer hair. So I showed up. And I looked like the younger Danny Trejo to Robert, and Robert said, "Hey guys, Sam looked too much like like Danny. You guys got to put his hair up in the ponytail. We can't have two Danny Trejos in the scene." <laughs> and I think from that, uh, and that's why I, I was I was kind of like default. I I was uh-huh. cast as uh, as uh, Razor Charlie, uh, and from dusk to dawn because I looked so similar, like the young version of Danny Trejo, you know. Yeah. But yeah, Robert, Robert's great, man. You know, like, I, he, you know, he taught me a lot about, you know, don't rely on anybody else. Be your own filmmaker, you know, uh, be your own cameraman, be your own cinematographer, be your own editor, be your own writer. You know, you, you have to do guerrilla filmmaking. You got to go out there. You got to make your films and let people know that you can be a filmmaker. And sometimes you don't have the best crew or the best money, but, you know, you just do what you can. And so, and so that was a really amazing learn life lesson for me about what Robert taught me. You know, know, it's kind of neat that you played with Danny Trejo and Machete Kills. And then you kind of play uh, Danny Trejo in a way and Dustin Dillon, you're playing as uh, the Razor Charlie. Right. I know it was, it was funny, man. Like I, you know, I, I, it was kind of surreal because I read for, you know, other things that Robert had, but then I knew that, you know, by default, like if they, if he put me in another position, where is he? Who is he? Who else in the in the country? He's gonna go get to play the younger, you know, Danny Trejo, which is you know, Razor Charlie from the Titty Twister. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so I knew I knew that was my default, man. But it's really cool, man. Robert, you know, he's, he's a great man, dude. He's such a great guy. Matter of fact, I I knew that I need to work with someone like Robert because he's he's always thinking outside the box. At Hollywood, you know, he made mm-hmm. a career for Danny Trejo. He made a career for 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 you know uh, Antonio Banderas. You mean my wife mm-hmm. were watching Antonio Banderas biography last night. You know what I mean? So I knew I searched out certain directors that can enhance you know me, and I can you know enhance you know bring my my work forth to their project as well. So I I normally look and, and search for different directors that I would like to work with because of their taste and their style. I normally do mm-hmm. a lot of research with that. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Danny Trejo's whole story, I think, is, is really cool because, you know, he was in small parts, you know, for years, and then uh, later on in his career to have a starring role Machete, you know, a lot of people don't do that. It's pretty, it's pretty wild uh, to follow his career. 
Oh man, he's, I mean, man, he's a testament of, you know, you don't always have to be stuck in a bad situation. You can make mistakes before in your life and you can turn your life around. I mean, he's the epiphany of that brother. And I, we all we all can look into that and learn and, and, and can, can definitely know you can change your life. You can change your status. So yeah, he's, you know, fantastic. Because I mean, the guy has been, so, you know, in some of the most iconic films. But the thing was with Machete, you know, like Robert and, 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 and him, they only did that for fun. That was just a little fun teaser trailer right, yeah, to, put, to promote, was, yeah. yeah, to promote, you know, El Rey and to promote, you know, Troublemaker Studios. But the fans went nuts. They're like, dude, we want to see the film. And so I think that uh, there's a big following for it, even though I died in Machete Kills. But they're doing another Machete. They have a Machete Kills again in space. <laughs> I remember reading about that. I'm looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, I, did, yeah, I, I hosted a Q&A once with Danny Trejo. He's a, just a great guy. Oh, man, he's so down to earth, man. You never know. Yeah, he's a, you know, he's a fantastic human being, man. You know, he got, you know, he got Trejo tacos now. You know what I mean? So it's good, man. And, you know, yeah. he, he's also, he also sponsors a lot of I need, I need to get some Trejo tacos. I saw that that's in, uh, in L.A. Hey, man, they're really good, man. <laughs> you ain't go, you're not going to eat one, bro. You're gonna to have to do a lot uh, of cardio to eat a whole bunch of 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 of, 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 of uh, trejo tacos, man. <laughs> uh, so five wall burgers and then a, then a plate of uh, of trejo tacos. Oh man, you know what, man? Then we in we in for a ride, brother. Shoot, you can't go you can't go wrong you can't go wrong with that, man. <laughs> So uh, uh, Kung Lee's the lead in your uh, code name, The Dragon. So how did he get involved in the movie? Actually, it's uh, it's his story. He wrote it. Um, oh, wow. and I've I known Kung know for yeah, yeah. I've I've known Kung for uh, a little bit over eight years. Uh, we worked together first on a uh, Dragon Eyes. He's like my big brother, man. So he wrote it, and he knows I have been studying, you know, cinematography, writing, you know, directing and editing, and so we shot uh, a forty-minute short film. For, for his investors. And at the time, no one was you know available. So I told him, I said, look, why don't you give me an opportunity? Let me direct. And you don't have to pay me. You tell me what I'm worth after. And then after we did it, I finished editing and, and, and you know, do everything, uh, color correction, sound, mixing. And he saw it. And that's how I was picked to do, to, to be the director of the actual movie that we're going to film. Um, it's going to be in, uh, Northern San Francisco um, area of California, the Bay Area, and then we're gonna go to Vietnam for a month. Oh wow, very cool. So, yep. oh, what martial yep. art? What what martial arts are you trained in? Um, originally is a Vietnamese kung fu, and then uh, I came to the United States. I study uh, Korean Taekwondo. I study the traditional uh, karate, which is uh, Shirin Ryu. And then, uh, and then Muay Thai. And I, I, do, I did a little bit of Wushu, but Wushu is a lot harder. It's a soft style. It's an amazing style for film. But when you start later in life, I started about maybe like, you know, late 20s to almost 30. Your body don't let you, you know, do what you can do. In Wushu, you have to start like Jet Li, bro. You got to start when you're like five, eight years old to be, to be, to, you know, to do that. But for me... In my preference, I love Muay Thai. It's a hard style. It's, 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 it's devastating. It's power. 
You know, sometimes you're in a tight corner, you can't punch, you can't kick. So the elbows and, and the knees come into play a lot for self-defense, for you to get out of the trouble, for you to get out of that, you know, when, you, you, when you're back into a corner. So for me, my, my preference is, is the Muay Thai style, you know, and it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's fantastic, man. When, when I get a chance, I film twice in, in, in Bangkok. So when I go over there, I, I try to get in a couple of days here and there to different uh, Muay Thai training camps just to go train with those people, man. Uh, they're the best of, of the world. There are a lot of UFC fighters, a lot of Bellator fighters actually go to Thailand uh, to actually train in the art of, of, you know, traditional Muay Thai to better their game. And then they come back and they fight here in the United States. Yeah. It's interesting because when I, you know, I watch UFC since the beginning and, when it first started, it really was, you know, a boxer versus a sumo guy or a karate guy versus kung fu and all stuff. But really, over time, it's become like its own style, kind of like a combination of different of different styles that work the best. Oh well, yeah, you have to because you have you had you had the Gracie, you know, Jujitsu came in, and they messed everybody else up because no one was used to that, and and so now you know you have to be a well-rounded fighter. You have to know. I know all the different areas that you need to train to be to to compete on that level in and in, in, you know in that arena you know you have to train that's why you know all the all the MMA fighters now they travel the world to actually train you know with the best of the best if you want to compete with the best of the best you have to do that there's no and no but about it if not you're going to get left behind you're going to you're going to see that that your opponents in the ring, they can exploit your weaknesses right away because they know you haven't trained in it. You know what I mean? So you gotta, you gotta be even, you know, even more of of, um, of an artist now to play in that arena. But the thing is, I work with a lot of those UFC guys and even Bellator now. You know, me and my buddy uh, Roy Big Country Nelson, we're getting ready to do a project together. He has a fight coming up uh, in, in in October uh, in, in Connecticut, man. So the thing is. I, I love seeing them watch, but then when they come to my world, right, and then they learn how to do stage combat, they're like, they're in awe with me and my stuff, brothers, and they're like, how is it that you guys make it look so real, but you're not really hurting each other? So it's a different uh, art that they love to learn when they come on outside, when they work in the TV and the film for us. And to be honest with you, some of them, they're like, dude, I'd rather get beat up for real, because it's not even <laughs> as much hard work. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh-huh. like, you know, three, you know, three, three, you know, five minute round for them is cool. But then when they have to film fight scene with us for like you know, 12 hours, 16 hours, they're like, dude, we didn't realize how much work you have to put into before a, a, a two minute fight scene is happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a, it's a really funny, but you know, awesome, you know, trade off, you know, cause I love what they do. But yeah. then when they, when they come to our side, you know what I mean? They're like, Oh, Oh wow! I didn't know you guys actually have a different art and way of life to also do this too. So it was really, it was really nice. You know, what I mean, it's a, it's a good. Yeah. You know, well, was that hard? Was that hard for you originally when you go from uh, from real combat, real uh, you know martial arts, to uh, doing it for the film? So you're not you're not hurting each other. Was that a hard transition, or was that like natural for you? No, it's not natural for anyone, brother. <laughs> not at all. Because because in fighting, it, um, real life fighting is way different than stage combat. So I had to read. I have to throw out all the throw out the window everything I learned 
how to fight, you know, for survival in real life is way different than stage combat. And so you actually go training. There's a lot of training. That's why I always bring back to, you know, if you want to do what you do with this, you have to train a lot. And so I literally train a lot to undo, you know, the stuff that you know how to do in the real street life versus stage combat to make it believable for the audience to see. It's not natural for anyone to learn how to fight or even to learn how to do stage combat. It is an acquired skill. You have to learn how to do it, you know. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, over the years, I had I'd interviewed Dan Severin, Dan the B7 from uh, UFC early days, and Ken Shamrock. And both of those guys both said uh-huh. that uh, they got they got way more injuries doing professional wrestling than doing uh, MMA. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, like a, a lot of it is, you know, you get tossed around, you know, you do a lot of stuff where, you know, sometimes it's not when you have the hardest move or the hardest fight. Sometimes it just be a small little accident or incident and you get more injured, man. You know, it's just like you can lift three, 400 pounds of weights as a, as a bodybuilder, but sometimes you reach down and you grab a bag of rice or you grab your, 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 uh, uh, you know, like trash or something. And it's like it, 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 you get a little back, your, your lower back get pulled. <laughs> so it, it can happen. You, you just, but that's where you train. You put a lot of stress on your body. So your body get used to the stress on it. So you'd be fine. Because when you do fight scene, you know, we, we get banged up, man. We get hurt. But we just, you know, we man up. We're like, ah, let's do it again. And, and we do it, you know. Yeah. Like, like that fight scene that you saw in um, the fight scene you saw in Mission Impossible. You know, it took them four weeks to film that scene in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. And then they had to come back and redo the sh- reshoot. Mm-hmm. And so you look at <laughs> you look at the interview what Tom Cruise had with um, Henry Cable. They were like, "Dude, mm-hmm. we got to reshoot some stuff." And they looked at each other like, "Yeah, it, it hurt. Yeah, it's gonna hurt some more." You know what? Screw it. Let's do it because <laughs> it uh-huh. hurt. Because it hurt. You know. Yeah. But it takes uh-huh. a long time. Yeah, it takes a long time, man. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think the constant. Uh, like falls would hurt more too than just the where if you just fight once you ever a couple every month as opposed to doing you know constant falls even if you are kind of knowing what you're doing no 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 those the concrete doesn't give in (laughs) that's the difference when you fall a lot of time you can't have like these uh these motorcycle uh gator back sometimes you just have nothing and so your lower back and your shoulder it takes you to the concrete man like it, it doesn't give so you have to really be be really careful, and that's one of the reasons why I you know I also learned how to write. I'm a writer. I'm an editor. I'm director and cinematographer, and I I produce my own you know short films. Uh, I don't beg for money. I find that if you you call yourself a producer because you want the title to look cool for the girls, well then you should go out <laughs> and produce something. You understand? Uh-huh. <laughs> and so yeah, exactly. I actually like I <laughs> I go and I do stunt. And then I saved the money to produce my film, but I knew that my body can't take all those beatings in the later years. So you have to have more tricks, you know, in, in your bag. You can't just be a one trick pony. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's yeah, why I learned how to do other things to, to expand my portfolio, you know? Mm-hmm. You know yeah. So, so that's, you know, you know, it's a different thing, but you know, you gotta, you gotta learn how to do more than one thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so how, how can people fo- uh, follow you, Sam, to see what you're what you're up to next? How, how do they? Oh they yeah, man. Um, they can follow me on on Instagram. That's Sam Medina, S A M M E D I N A official. And I apologize for official 
I'm not a pansy ass actor, but someone took my name. So I had to put official <laughs> behind it. So please forgive me. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, or you can follow me on, on, on Facebook. It's the same thing as uh, Sam Medina official. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because sometimes I have seen people with official in their title I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, well, why do you got to add that? But it makes sense if someone else is taking your name. Listen, I, I try, I'd rather have my name. I don't want, I, I sign it. I'm not your, you know, typical Hollywood pansy actors, man. I'm, I'm just a regular guy. Uh, I, I was a gym rat. I was a gym rat. I was a, uh, you know, I, I, I was a weightlifter before I came into this world of acting. And I'm still the same guy. You know, it just sometimes you have to, you know, promote. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do your social media because that's what the producers, you know, demand. The studios demand that you have to have, you know, traction on your social media so they can they can make better deals for you. But, but, you know, other than that, I wouldn't be on social media, but you have to. And yeah, unfortunately, man, like I don't just put official on it. So I, so I sound important, you know what I mean? But <laughs> right, right, if, right. If, if, you know, if, 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 how else can they find me? So yeah, it was like the best way was I had to put official behind it. Believe me, I, I wish one day that person get rid of this. I could just have the regular Sam Medina, because <laughs> if you meet me or you talk to me in the street, you would never know what I do. Cause like, once again, I'm, I'm like you first, Neil. I'm me, you, you, with uh, men, you know, we're human beings yeah. first, man, you know, before our jobs, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, so. It's, you know. it's been a pleasure to talk to you. I really enjoyed this. Hey, man, thank you so much, man. You know, thank you, your audience, uh, for putting up with my retainer in my mouth. I, I did the best <laughs> I can. I hope you guys can understand. I apologize, really, and uh, I hope to to speak to you again, you know, in, in the future. Yeah, uh, You know, you know anytime. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't even you. have a retainer in my mouth, so I don't have an excuse. <laughs> now you sound fine to me, brother. It's me. I'm
Time drop me.